0: Welcome along to the Kent Online podcast. It's Wednesday, December the 2nd and a defining day in the fight against coronavirus. The first vaccine against COVID-19 has been approved for use in the UK less than nine months after we first went into lockdown back in March. It's been developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and is 95% effective. We're told 800,000 doses will be delivered in the coming days, but the bulk of it will be available in the new year. Well, let's get some reactionary action on that story today then. We've been chatting first to Professor Martin Michaelis, who's a virologist at the University of Kent.
2: Vaccines will be a game changer. For a long time it hasn't been clear whether they will be effective. Now we know that they are. Obviously there are many open questions so I don't expect COVID-19 as a problem to simply disappear. We don't know how long immunity will last. Obviously we probably also have to expect that the virus will find ways to escape the immune response, so we will probably have new viruses for which we need additional vaccines. But just the simple fact that we have vaccines now should make the whole uh, um, situation much more manageable.
0: Let's just talk a little bit about the science. How impressive is it that we have a vaccine approved by the 2nd of December, bearing in mind we only went into the first lockdown on the 23rd of March, so less than nine months ago?
2: Well, that just shows how much money has been invested, basically. Yeah, all the methods that are used are not novel methods. It's not that all these things would have been uh, designed from scratch. We have a new pathogen. In the meantime, it's, it's very easy to, to, to identify a new virus or a new pathogen. Yeah, um, it, it, it took almost 20 years to identify the hepatitis C virus. It took two years to identify um, HIV. It took six months to identify the first SARS coronavirus in 2002, 2003. And today it takes hours. Yeah, the time from the sample that the time that the sample needs to get into the lab is the longest time. With new sequencing techniques, we are very quick.
0: We did a poll on Kent Online yesterday, asking people about the vaccine and how keen they would be to have it. Um, obviously, the, the majority did say they would want to be first in the queue, but there is a obviously a percentage who say, no, I'll wait, I'll wait until I know it's absolutely safe. Then others that just say, no way. I mean, is that gonna be a problem if there is a lot of people who decline to have the vaccine when they're offered it?
2: Obviously, it hampers our attempts to, to control and manage the pandemic if not many people are vaccinated. Um, It is interesting that even under the impression of such a severe pandemic people are worried. 100% 100 safety does not exist, not with a vaccine, not with anything else. What we have to do is we have to compare the situation with and without the vaccine and we have to look the dangers dangers and threats of the disease. And COVID-19 is a very, as I've just explained, a very serious, very dangerous disease for all of us. Um, And the vaccine is a much better option. Personally, I can't see any reason to be worried about this one. As I said, 100% safety is an illusion but it's much safer, much better. It will make our world, these, the availability of these vaccines will make our world much better. And it's compared to the disease, of course, it's, it's an extremely tiny
0: People in care homes will start to receive the jab as early as next Tuesday. Care home staff, the elderly and frontline health and social care workers will also be among the first to be vaccinated. Now the jab is given in two doses, 21 days apart, and has to be stored at minus 70 degrees Celsius. 50 hospitals, we're told, are ready and waiting to receive it. Nadra Ahmed is from the National Care Association, which is based in Chillingham. She's also been giving her thoughts to to the kent online podcast
3: what i'm really concerned about is the time it's going to take for our staff to manage this to roll it out at a time where all of them will be quite tired uh, from having had a year of um battling this, this pandemic but also time where people will be taking time out for their for their holidays uh, staff so i think we are Wondering about the logistics. I've had one provider tell me that they've been informed that in order to get their um, residents and staff vaccinated, they're going to have to bring them to, a, um, to a, a station, which is, you know, the logistics of that in itself is going to be challenging, complex. Um, so I think we, we're just waiting for the, the information. I think it's really exciting news. I think we've just got to wait for the information and not raise expectations to such a level that people will be extremely disappointed and we on the front line will have to explain to them why we're not able to deliver because, you know, we are used to government making these these amazing um, promises and then and manage the expectation.
0: The Medway School of Pharmacy has been asked to take part in the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. They're a collaboration between the University of Greenwich and the Uni of Kent and will help to store the jab before it's used. Health bosses meantime in the county are warning we mustn't be complacent of course following this news today. COVID stats in part of Kent are still among the highest in the country and we've gone into tier three restrictions after the second lockdown ended at midnight. Now that means shops. Have been able to reopen, but pubs here in Kent are still only allowed to do takeaway and other indoor venues remain closed. Andrew Moody runs Adventure Kids Indoor Soft Play Centre in Aylesford. We'll hear from him first, then after that, it's Phil Thorley of Thorley Taverns, which runs pubs in Thanet.
1: In our industry, so far since lockdowns happened, over 150 businesses have closed their doors permanently. We've had three centres very close to me, closed their doors permanently since lockdown one. I know there will be more following. The 3000 pounds government grant that they're offering when you're closed for 28 days, that doesn't cover my rent. That doesn't cover my utility bills for a month. That doesn't cover it for a week. So we are hemorrhaging tens of thousands of pounds on a monthly basis just to stay closed. From the sake of the children's points of view and the well-being, the mental health, the physical health, Everything from a child's point of view has been stopped once again. We do a lot with special needs and parents that have children with special needs know how important these kind of places are that we run.
4: Sadly, I can understand the numbers and, and, and understand why uh, they've made that decision. However, looking at the protocols that we and our industry have put in place, I, I, what I don't understand um, is why they've actually shut us, Hospitality. You know, we are the guys who have been doing track and trace. We have been doing physical track and trace, not the government's track and trace that doesn't work, that sends out false alerts. We're talking about actually taking down the details of our customers We've our protocols in place where we have hand sanitization on arrival. Um, all of our tables and, uh, and chairs are sanitized. Um, all of the touch points are sanitized every hour. Um, our staff um, uh, have been wearing masks. You know, we, we we opened on the 2nd of July, um, between the 2nd of July and the second lockdown period, we served circa a million people. A million customers came through the doors, and we only had one case, one case. Now that is not the case for supermarkets. Um, Public Health England stats would tell you that um, 1.6 cases have come from 1.6% of cases have come from hospitality, with those numbers of long of 20% for both. Uh, supermarkets and schools. So, you know, it, it, we feel as though we're the whipping boys in this, and, and, and there's no science to follow that through. You can have your hair cut, you can have your nails done, you can go to the gym. Um, and I appreciate all of those places have been putting their protocols in again as well. So I'm not against any of those places reopening. But when you look at hospitality and look at the absolute facts upon it, 1.6% of cases have come from pubs and restaurants. It's an infinitesimously small number. I don't know how anybody can justify to just single out hospitality uh, as being, were, were, you know, to be shut down. Um, and then when you look at it, that the, they relaxed the rules over Christmas for three households to be out to indoors, but haven't extended that to going to hospitality where indoors, is there track and trace? No. Is there hand sanitization? I doubt it. There's only one toilet in most places to be used. It's not the same as what's coming in the hospitality. Um, And, you know, ours is a managed alcohol environment. It's a managed hospitality environment. um, And domestically, that doesn't happen. The safest place to, to socialize is out and about but that's just being completely disregarded by the government.
0: Four of Kent's MPs actually voted against the tier system in the Commons last night because they would prefer the restrictions to be on a borough-by-borough borough basis and not cover the entire county. Among them was Tunbridge and Morling's Tom Tugendhardt.
4: The people of West Kent, the people of Tunbridge and Edenbridge and East and West Morning really should be seen for what they are and for, for, for where they work. You know, the travel corridors are not cross-county. They are either within or they are uh, up to London, by and large, from our community, and there's very little that uh, goes in other areas.
0: It is, of course, hoped that infection rates would have dropped enough for Kent to be moved into Tier 2 when a review takes place in a fortnight's time. But we have got details on some of the events in Kent you can still enjoy during Tier 3 at kentonline.co.uk. Well, the very latest data today shows that 7 out of 13 areas in Kent have seen a drop in COVID cases. Positive tests have more than doubled across the county since the second lockdown started, but week-on-week figures show a fall in the infection rate in places like Swale and Thanet, which are still among the highest in the country. Cases in Medway, however, are continuing to rise. One final bit of COVID news. There's been a sharp increase in the number of people spitting at police officers in Kent since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. It's something we have actually talked about before, but these latest figures show that between March and September, there were 119 reports of assault on a constable where someone had spat at them. That's gone up from 17 in the same period last year. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you now and new figures show there's been a huge increase in child cruelty and neglect in Kent. 548 offences were reported to police in the county last year. That number's more than doubled in three years. A number of famous landmarks, including Rochester Cathedral, will be lit up green next Monday to show support for the NSPCC. This is one of our most read stories of the day. There's been a big rise in the number of catalytic converter thefts across Kent. Now, these are devices that can be stolen from exhaust pipes of vehicles and they contain valuable metals which can be sold on for a high price. The number being stolen has risen fivefold compared to last year. Police say they're proactively patrolling areas which have become hotspots. Lorries parked inconsiderately on Kent's roads could be clamped when the Brexit transition period ends. The county's highways authority could be given new powers to tackle antisocial parking during the first six months of 2021. It comes ongoing concerns of major traffic disruption because of delays at channel ports after December the 31st. And a rare windmill near Ashford has been put on the market for almost a million pounds. The grade two listed building in Charing dates back to the 19th century and has been converted into a family home. You can see pictures of it at Kent Online.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football and Gillingham will have to put their FA Cup disappointment behind them as they return to league action tonight. They're travelling to take on Bristol Rovers after being knocked out of the competition by Exeter City on Saturday. Gillingham reporter Luke Cordell spoke to assistant manager Paul Rayner after that match
5: have made 19 changes at the plate, we were, we were that bad, we were, we were awful, the shape was wrong, uh, we tried to tweak it, you know, you know, we take responsibility if the shape's wrong, but if the desire's not there, and the intensity, and the work rate's not there, and the aggression's not there to win the first ball, win the second ball, to run back, to track runners, to make forward runs, you've got no chance, you've got no chance, You know, whatever level you're playing at, so uh, if you haven't got that, you're going to lose the game, and, and that's what happened. And
4: You mentioned to the players what how good this team are before the match, and then when you see the
5: warm up, and you say they weren't quite at it. The warm up, did you fear a bit? Yeah, and that's and that's why we spoke to them before the game. I spoke to them on the pitch just just before we came in from the warm up. I reminded them again just before uh, just before we went out. Uh, then, as I say, they, they obviously didn't heed those warnings. And if people don't want to listen, then they won't be around, and they won't be here. It's as simple as that, and they won't be playing. So. It's quite brutal, but that's a fact of life and that's that's the way it has to be. You said you're coming in tomorrow. Is that planned? I would imagine so, yeah. We'll be yeah. in tomorrow because we've got to get ready for Bristol Rovers. Yeah, So, uh, so you know, it's a big game and we need to get back, uh, back on the horse, so to speak. OK, thank you. But we will.
0: Kickoff off tonight is at 7. Follow Kent Online Jules on Twitter for match updates. Cricket and England have moved to the top of the World 2020 rankings thanks to their 3-0 whitewash over South Africa. They eased to a nine-wicket victory in their final match last night. Kent Sam Billings is in the England squad but didn't play in any of the three games, although he has another chance to feature in their one-day international series against the same opponents, which starts on Friday. That's, That's it good. for today, but don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. It's very straightforward to do. Just head to subsaver.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.